Welcome to the Four Jack Podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, Four Jack family. Today we have probably our most special guest to date. Well, I don't think so. Definitely. Okay, well, I'm not going to accept that, but okay. You're going to have to accept it today because you and I have a pretty rich history down in, in the golf world of Arizona. We do. And you're one of my like best friends, for sure, down Absolutely. here. Absolutely. We, we helped keep the people playing fast at Los Sendas. And I'd like to introduce everyone to Thomas Henschel, a.k.a. Mr. Accordingly. Absolutely. How are you doing Thank today? You. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, good to be here. Thanks for coming by. Absolutely. Sitting in the Ultra Lounge where we actually really got to know one another. This is. we. For all of our guests that don't know, we are sitting by a little fire. You may hear it in the podcast audio. A little fireside fill inspiration today. We have a little guy. He's trying to get out here, Remington. He doesn't have a shirt on, but... He wants to come out and get on the podcast, but uh, <laughs> he may or may not. Well, yeah, we'll he uh, try and keep him at bay. Yeah, he doesn't know yet what we're doing, but he wants to see Thomas and and hang out with him. So, Thomas, um, how you doing today? I'm doing great. It's great to have you back in the Ultra Lounge. It's great to be here. We uh, for everybody uh, out there. Tom and I met on the Lacenda's golf course here in Mesa, Arizona, and uh, it's part of Phoenix. And Tom was working for the golf course and was out, wanted to play a few holes. And I was golfing with my buddies and Karen and Roger. And Tom came up behind us as a single and asked to join us. And uh, I think it was on the par three fifth hole, if I remember correctly. Yes, sir. It was that one. We actually, there was much debate over this because I think, like, we realized we were BFFs on, what is it, like 14 or 13? 15, I think 15. Yeah. On the big long par five. Yeah, that's when we like, hey, dang, we're like, this is legit. We're real. Yeah. We're going to be buddies. And then I always said that's where we met. Because that's where we really kind of connected. Yeah. It was on the 15th hole. But it was on the 5th hole that we actually were like... Got together. You guys tried to shoot me ahead and say, hey, no, you don't want to play with us. We're the PGA. Pretty god-awful. But from what I heard today, you guys have changed that acronym to be... You're pretty good, actually. Pretty good, actually. We're... Yeah. We've invested some time, I have anyways, in improving my game. Working with another friend of the show, David Huffman, yes. is my instructor. And uh, I, I think it, I think instruction is really important if you want to improve. I don't think I'd be an improved golfer today without having a really great instructor like David. Yeah, I actually talked to David earlier today, which we'll be releasing his podcast either before or after this. We don't know. But again, we really touched on the fact that it's really about addressing the individual. And like, you want to see improvements. It's everybody gets caught up on the tour people and where you're supposed to be. But like, it's about like, how do you Thomas hit better shots? And that's what Dave is really interested in. And that's why 
yeah. we love him, right? Absolutely. Cool. Um, he wrote a blog a blog for us. Yeah. Many years ago. Yeah. So we should dig that out and repost it somewhere in some other platform. Yeah, I think we should throw that up on the Forjack. Yeah. Our blog has been a little bit lacking lately, but I think we can maybe everything accordingly. Yeah. You and I, we can agree to we could gift that to Forjack. Yeah, I think it's very interesting for the for the listeners. Thomas and I actually, this is a wild story that we should probably dive into. Is Sure, why not? I, it all started in this ultra lounge yeah, that we're right, sitting in. Yeah, right here, right in this place. Uh, many, many people may know or may not know that I once upon a time had a jean company. And Thomas was kind enough to decide to buy a pair of jeans off me. And on the inside of them was a slogan that said, know who you are, dress accordingly. And... I think that resonated with you. It did, very much. Um, so Thomas, he's like, I really like this saying. I don't know what we're going to do with it yet, but let me just sit on it. And one day I came over to his house and he had transformed the entire basement of his house or where he stays in Arizona into a war room that had all these yellow posted notes. And then I come in and there's this word, everything accordingly written on it. And that was kind of the first step of us trying to build this platform that like help people connect with the best in class industries is kind of what our idea was, yeah. right? Like across yeah. different cities, kind of like a Yelp, but more of a curated Yelp instead yes. of just letting the world kind of like figure it out for themselves. And obviously I do a lot of digital marketing and I know that a lot of this stuff can be flawed because people incentivize reviews and do all this other stuff. I know we ask our listeners for five-star reviews and I hope you keep leaving them because it's important for the algorithm, but we wanted to create a platform that was kind of like through our lens in the criteria that we thought our community would connect with. Right? Yeah. Do you want to tell them more about the platform? I feel like, well, you can do a better job than me. No, no, no. You told them. Uh, you know, it really was about um, our, our mission was or our our um, value statement, whatever you want to call it, was know who you are. And if you know who you are, then you can do things accordingly. Right. And we wanted to help people do things accordingly. And thus I became Mr. Accordingly. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'd had a great time creating content um but everything accordingly is on a hiatus yeah right yeah i think and it will resurface it will be back tom and i will figure out how that how we're going to make that happen yeah and hopefully sooner than later and hopefully some of our listeners might even be willing to give us some feedback on what they'd like to see out of everything accordingly 2.0 yeah absolutely we're going to put it put it out there for them we, we even had, remember, Tom, uh, we uh, created repair ball marks accordingly. Yes. Right? We did. Because that's a problem on a golf course. That was a big problem. Big problem at the course that we hung out at. Yeah, Los Endes was notorious for people hitting their shots in and just leaving craters everywhere. So we purchased hundreds of repair tools. Yeah. That had instructions on how to repair ball marks accordingly. We even built a website. Yeah. And then we handed them out at Alice Cooper's golf tournament. 
Well, those were the second editions. We had two versions. The That's first true. one was yeah. our own, just branded one, and then we actually, Thomas donated and sponsored Alice Cooper's Solid Rock Foundation because they host their annual golf tournament up at Las Sendas, and we donated a bunch of repair tools. Every actually, player in the tournament got one. Yeah, and we got a couple. I've given them out to some special people in our life, and... You know, I've still got some more, so maybe we'll just... Maybe we're going to do a contest. Some special people of the listeners of the program, we can send them out one of our uh, repair tools. I like this. Everything accordingly sponsored. And branded. Yeah, contest. Yeah. Cool. Let's do that. Yeah. um, That's actually a big one. We, yeah, repairing ball marks. I hope that everyone, one of our missions was to like... If you see someone not repairing their ball marks, like you need to encourage them to do this because nobody likes to see greens that have been beaten up and are dead because of all of the divots that are on them. Right? Exactly. And you know what? If you're standing around waiting for a guy to line up his putt and you see him, repair him yourself. Yeah, exactly. It may not be yours, but help out. Hey, it, I know, I think the Buddhist philosophy is if there's a mess, it's and you come across it, it's your job to clean it up, right? I like that. Like even if you didn't make it, it's that's that's what's required to do things accordingly. Thank you. Right? Yeah. Um so yeah. What else are we passionate about when it comes to golf? Well, I know one thing you're extremely passionate about. And I don't know the right way to word this because I want to use the term slow play, but it's like avoiding slow play. Right. Encouraging efficient play while still enjoying your time. I like that. Right? I like like, that. Cause Cody and I have, we've had this chat many times Okay, where it's like, I, you know what? I, I, I don't want to just rush around a golf course because part of the reason I love golf is to be in nature with people. I enjoy breathing the fresh air, taking in the surroundings. And we're blessed that this golf course over here is perched on the side of a mountain Yes. And has some of the greatest views of the Phoenix Valley that exist. Yeah. But there's a balance, right? Like nobody wants to also spend five hours on a golf course. And if you've been at Los Angeles on the weekend during the prime time, it's happened. It has. Too many times. And what is that? Like what's the cause of slow play? I think there's a couple things that obviously come to mind is not playing the right tees. Is one uh, thing. Yeah, so before you even get onto the golf course. Yeah. But, you know, the problem, and I see this a lot, um, it's ego. So you might have a guy that's really strong golfer, wants to play from the tips, or maybe the second one up. But the other players in the group aren't strong golfers. Right. But because of their ego... They decide, yeah. oh, I'm going to play, you know, if Tom's playing the tips, I'm playing the tips. Yep. And then you're off to a bad start right away. You're already behind the eight ball at that point. You're just, yeah, you're going to, because then you're just hitting it longer shots, right? Like, I think the key is to kind of find that zone of like, what's your comfortable second club, right? Like, yeah. if you can't hit a five iron and you only hit a five iron 170 yards, 60, whatever that may be for you, yep. then you need to find the tee box is going to get you to where you're hitting a seven or an eight iron for your second shot, maybe even a wedge. Like, that'll help speed up the game for everyone, maybe take a little bit of the frustration out. And then 
if you get better, you move back, right? Like yeah. you, you can do that. That's my goal right now. Okay. Is, uh, you know, when, uh, when I talked to David, I said, this is my goal. I want to move back, but I don't want to move back until I'm ready to move back. Right. And, you know, I'll just keep moving back. I'll never beat the tips, of course, my God. But um, I want to be where I'm, I'm comfortable. Yeah. So you're right. If we can get people to acknowledge before they even start their round where they should be. Yeah. The, is it either the PGA or the USGA? One of them came out with the program Play It Forward many, yeah. many years ago. You're familiar with that, right? Yeah, I've heard it. And um, I, I think they need to push that a lot more. Mm-hmm. One thing, Play Chris, forward. Chris actually, he, was, he mentioned something that was pretty interesting in Australia, what they did at the Moore Park golf course that he played golf at over there, is on the weekends and like very busy days, they had the social tees. And you had to play the social tees. Like, there was one set of tees, maybe, like, a forward and, like, a reasonable range tee, right? Like, Because, yeah. obviously, you don't want one tee so that everyone, if... Because then if you're a good golfer, you're way too far forward. But if you're a new golfer, you don't want to be too far back. So it's kind of like a two-tee system where it's either you're going to go at the front or the back. But the back is not, like, tipped out, going to be challenging its meant to be social right like right that's why we golf to some degrees to go spend four hours we're the craziest people in the world where like we actually want to spend four hours with people i love that idea and i love that too so i was golfing with a member of lacenda's like two weeks ago and i'd never golfed with him before i knew i knew i know him yeah but i've never played with him because he's a very strong golfer and he was an instructor in europe for 20 years huh and I'm trying to think about who this could be. Uh, we don't have to name drop if we don't want to. Yeah. Um, no, I don't want to give him free advertising. He's got a website and he, uh, he, no. Yeah. But cool guy. And he said that you have to be, you have to pass a test. I can't remember whether it was Germany or Switzerland or Sweden. Somewhere in, I can't remember, sorry. That's okay. Uh, but you had to pass a test to be able to go out and play on the golf wow. course. Like, what kind of test? Is like, it like a, a ability, mental writing? Or no, like, ability. You got to go into a room and be like, <laughs> get some track man numbers up to like show that you have low spin rates and good launch angles. Before you I don't think it was that drastic. That'd be but pretty wild. He said you had, I didn't, I was busy, I was focused on playing my game. But I was like, oh, Jay, what are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I think maybe it was you had to pass a test um, on ability in order to become a member of the club, maybe. Oh, very interesting. I think that's what it was. That's interesting. Because we don't want a bunch of yeah. people that are going to slow down our play, and so you have to pass a test. I think that's a little drastic myself. I, I do believe that is drastic. I was actually reading an article the other day on the best private golf clubs or golf clubs you could join across the world. And number one on it was Cypress Point out there by Pebble. And the, the famous quote is, I think it was Bob Hope said, yeah, Cypress once did a membership drive. They drove out 40 members. <laughs> right? Like they literally pushed them away from the golf course. Because, I love that. And then they just spread the operational costs across the remaining ones. But 
I thought that was pretty funny. It sounds like a similar concept of, <laughs> hey, you got to be able to hang to play. But, you know, when it comes to pace of play, it's could be a, just a really comes down to a lot of common sense yeah and um i recently was i went to watch mark baldwin friend yeah. of the show right friend of the show he may not know it but we're friends of his and he, yeah. i played golf with him a few times i just don't know if he knows who's behind the show mark yeah. pay attention yeah mark <laughs> anyway so i i support mark yeah and uh in fact he's on his way to Orlando, right now as we speak, for the final stage of Q School. Yeah, I was seeing that on Instagram. Go go get him, Mark. Yeah. So at stage one, uh, Rick and I, Rick Croson. Yep. Uh, Director of golf at Los Indus, big yeah. friend of the show. He and I went out to support Mark, and we were at the Auction Southern Dunes Golf Club. Oh, I've been to the Southern Dunes. You've been there? Yeah, a lot of flies. I don't know if they were out there that day. They weren't there that day, thank goodness. Goodness. But I grabbed a scorecard, and I normally would just, but I just, because we followed Mark around the full 18 holes. And I, on the course etiquette on the card, was written something that I was like, that is perfect. We should put this on a sign at the first tee of every golf course. What and what it, say? it says, please remember that your position on the course is immediately behind the group in front of you, not immediately in front of the group behind you. That is very good. Because oftentimes that's how people get, is, oh, there's no one behind me. Yes. I can slow down, but obviously, how do you deal with that if there's a gap in the tea times, right? But Well, as you know, I'm a player's assistant. Slash mm-hmm. Ranger slash Marshal for Canadian friends. Yes, sir. Uh, at Las Endas. And so you have to be aware of that, of course. You look at the T sheet and you um, address the players accordingly. But um, that's, a, you know, really, you have to be able to keep up with the group in front of you. Yeah. And I, I think that some, I hear that a lot from people. Well, there's no one pushing us. Well, that's not what you have to worry about. Yeah, like I'm on them already, right? Like, yeah, I'm dealing with them. Yeah, you don't they're worry. a separate issue. That <laughs> yeah. like, Because um, normally as a player's assistant ranger, you're driving backwards. Yes. So like you hit them and it's like, no, no, I'm going to have a talk <laughs> with these people. Yes. In just one minute. Yeah. But I need you to like pick it up a little bit, right? Yeah. And it's an interesting world because I, because I rangered too. Right. I could have been the youngest ranger in history. I don't, I don't you know. You probably were. I'm, I'm looking for a Guinness record somewhere in life and I'm. Well, when I retired. Yeah. Early. Yeah. You encouraged me to go become a ranger. Yeah. Yes. At the golf, right? Like yeah. we love golf. And I, like yeah. when I moved to Phoenix, I didn't have my golf relationships that I have back in Canada. And so part of me was like, I'm good. you know what? I, I don't mind bleeding for what I want in life. Like a little bit, like yeah. you got to do it. And I was like, whatever, I'll go be a ranger somewhere. If they'll have me, like it's kind of a weird thing to do at 27, but it worked out and like introduced me to you. Yeah. Got me the golf that I needed in life. And actually it was like a beautiful home because for those that don't know, 
Los Angeles is owned by Canadians, and they have a Canadian flag flying in the parking lot. It's beautiful. And when it's their Los Angeles Cup, every year they do a tournament, which is the Canadians versus the Americans. They have Canadian flags and American flags as their as their pins. And to me, that was just like home. It was home for, yeah. for a long time. But Do you remember that one year at the Lascendus Cup? Sorry, listeners, yeah. but oh, this, this is a, a funny story, I think. Funny. Yeah. But Tom and I, this back room, we were working on everything accordingly, and it was a Saturday night. And I'm like, Tom, let's go up to the club and have a bite to eat and a couple of drinks and, you know, just brainstorm stuff. And, and forgot that the Lascendus Cup was happening, or maybe I didn't forget, but we went up there anyways. We're sitting and having our food and uh, having a drink. And um, all of, the, not all of the team members, but there were many Canadians and many Americans in there having a good time. And I decided that what I wanted to do was buy the Americans as many tequila shooters as I yeah, could. I and so those. I called over the server and said, you know what I'd like you to do? Please serve just the Americans as much tequila as you can possibly do. Yeah. Because <laughs> I wanted them to be hungover. Yeah. So Team Canada would win. That was a funny moment. And I remember there was someone who got real mad at you about that. One of I don't the... want to throw them under the bus. <laughs> uh, we won't name names. But. We've become really we... good friends since then. But I, yeah. one of the American players' wife. Yeah. Um came over and read me the riot act. Yeah, she was not impressed with your oh, behavior. It was not. But I liked it. That's the instigator that I like in you. Stirring the ball. I thought you were actually going to mention the time I went on Facebook Live. Oh, that time, And I got dude. reprimanded by the golf club for like... Yes. But I, to be honest, this is where maybe it's a generational thing, but I'm like, if you're going to become a member at a golf club, like... Obviously, social media is a huge thing these days. You want to see that, like, I can fit in with these people, and I thought that was a good idea. Yeah. Obviously, it wasn't, but they like to have fun up there, and I thought that was an interesting time. Like, the Los Angeles Cup is a huge event. Yeah. That was the same year. Same year. And, by the way... Same day. Canada won. The Americans were hungover and lost, so I was very happy. Yep. Sorry to our American listeners. Shit. It's okay. I'm pissing off... Part of your audience. Honestly, this is what healthy competition is the best form of competition, right? Like, yeah. I played golf. Well, I didn't play golf. I was caddying today or this week at the Canadian Club Championship for all the pros up in Canada. They come down to Phoenix and they play all the head pros and teaching pros play in a tournament. And they all love to see people come unglued, right? Like, I don't like it because I've been unglued. I like for our listeners, you may not have seen our ninety for ninety at Tobiano, and that that was me coming unglued in a golf round, and like it sucks to be in that position, but like it's part of life, and it happens. I think it's funny when like you get beyond it, and it's like okay, whatever. People, I'll post this on the internet of me shooting ninety one at Tobiano over an eight hour round on three hours of sleep, maybe. But I think our American listeners will appreciate it. Maybe maybe it'll inspire them to come out strong this year because it's got to be coming up soon. Oh no no no! 
I got to tell you. Oh. <laughs> that was probably three years ago. Yeah. And the U.S. has won the last two years. Oh. Since then. Canada won that year. I think Canada should, like, get me back up there serving tequila yeah. this year. I think that's exactly what they need to do. They, they... I, I'm going to take credit for that win. Yeah, I think so. Like, the person who we're not going to name felt pretty strongly about your actions because she knows that, like, obviously, tequila hits hard. <laughs> it does. And it's not good before an early round of golf. And yeah, I think the Canadians need to get you back on their team. Okay. Let's put that in the suggestion box. Cool. So now getting back to pace of play. Yeah. Um, one thing that I think is interesting is like just developing a routine, right? Like a lot of people kind of just wing it like, okay, I don't know what I'm dealing with here. So I'm going to take 10 practice strokes. And like, I think part of it is just getting that like simple routine, like playing or caddying for Dallas this week. Like he doesn't even take a practice swing. Yeah. Like, he like he takes like a little one just to like kind of feel the motion that he wants to do but then as soon as he steps up it's not like here's three practice swings it's like a little movement while he's looking at his shot yeah and steps up pulls the trigger because he believes the first attempt is the best attempt i like that philosophy yeah i like it too yeah there's too many people on the course sorry don't want to offend anyone but there's too many people on the course that think they're on the tour yeah and you're not. And you're not. Right. So, yeah, a, a couple practice swings, okay. But this whole, like, and then if a, I don't know, if a bug flies by, they back off and start from scratch? Give me a break. That's tough, though, because, like, I think I've been, like, I don't know. I don't know where I fall on the spectrum of slow play. Like, I think I've been guilty of slow moments. And this is where, like, I'm nervous to, to voice my opinion on this because I don't know. Right? Well, I'm not a regular of the show, so hopefully I don't hurt the show by voicing my opinion the way I just did. I think you need but to. But I'll go away. No, I think I think you need to. I got This is just, I think, trying to understand the mind of golfers is like, I don't, I know my bud, our bud Pat of the show is a very fast golfer and like he's notorious for being a fast golfer, but like, I think where the average person is, is like, we don't know where we stand. Yeah. And I think it's just important to be like, yeah, like you're helping us explore the ideas that people need to look at in order to make sure they're not slowing the game down. Right. Yeah. It's like the smelly friend. Right. You don't know you're smelly until someone's like, hey, man, like you. You stink. You stink. Right. Because <laughs> you you become accustomed to it and you're like, this is me. So it's go have a shower. Come yeah, on, everybody dude. needs a little wake up call. Yeah. And I think this is what this podcast is about. Cool. I didn't realize that's what it was about, but that is a good point. I don't know. It just seems yeah. to be going in that direction. So simple routine. I like that. Yeah. Simple routine. Knowing where you should be before you even step on the tee. Yeah. I think is important. Like Awareness. Yeah. Just a general awareness of what's happening around you. Right. Not like... Obviously, it depends, but most people aren't playing, like, high-stakes golf. Maybe you are, maybe you aren't. But, like, spending forever looking for multiple golf balls in the bushes. Like, you shouldn't be playing with super great golf balls if you got to spend 10 minutes looking for them because, you know, it's like Pro V1s are $6 a ball. Well, by the way, actually, I was just volunteering for a college tournament 
month ago here at Lacendas. Which one? Oh, NC, double IA, I don't know. Okay. Cool. Whatever. And uh, I had to tell these college kids the new rule. You get three minutes. That's it, folks. Three minutes. Then it's gone. Yeah. Move on. Yeah. Which I think is good. I, I was actually in this search party. This is very interesting. And I'm not going to name names or do anything. But I saw someone hit a ball. And they couldn't find that ball. And I don't think they verified that it was in the water. And I was just interested in like. They dropped as though it went in the water. But wow. as, I was like. And this is real, like, this is high stakes golf, right? And I, yeah. I wasn't sure what the protocol is on that because obviously the PGA Tour and, like, the ultra high stakes, like, you know where every ball went for the most part because you have tons of people, cameras, like, everyone's watching it. But, like, somewhere that's not necessarily PGA but, like, still high stakes, I was wondering what the protocol is on something like that where it's like, okay, like, the water's murky. I couldn't see my ball, but I know I hit it that way. It's gone. Do you just assume it went in the water or like, cause this could deal with slow play too. Or do you right. have to go back to the team and be like, I didn't find my ball. So that's the difference. That's tournament golf versus recreational golf. Yeah. And recreational golf is like, who gives a fuck? Right. Drop the ball, drop the ball, ball, move on. Right. And that's what I, that's what I want to talk about is recreational golf. I was just more or less interested oh. from oh, like a rules of golf kind yes. of standpoint. Like I Fair didn't enough. know, but like I agree. Recreational golfers drop it and go, yeah. right? Like if you can't see it within like a minute probably is like my idea. Like I'll yeah. take a glance. Like maybe if you're on the 18th hole or like on the back stretch of a golf round and you're gambling with your buddies for a t-shirt at Los Endes in the pro shop after, like I heard they do now. Yeah. Then fine, spend th- spend the three minutes you need to try and find your ball, but like eventually you just gotta. You shouldn't have hit it there in the first place, yep. right? You should have been in the fairway. Chalk it up as a loss. There you go. Move on. Yep. So you know what the wor- one of the worst <sighs> things that happen um, to cause slow play is people with their phones in their hands yep you say you enjoy nature a walk in the park i agree 100 percent. i turn my phone off i throw it in my golf bag i don't give a shit but i'm constantly dealing as a ranger yeah with people with their face in their phone when they should be hitting their ball right and then at times I've struggled with that because, like, you know, I work all the time. Yeah, I, but like, I hear you. It is important to detach. And maybe it's, like, it's easy to fall in the trap. And, like, speaking from experience of, like, things aren't going well on the golf course. I need a distraction <laughs> and I'm going to go to my phone to do right. this, right? But, like, I agree. You should – being a person that appreciates the nature and I'm not perfect, but it's about – focusing on where you're at and like being aware right like that's what it comes down to not sitting in your golf cart while everyone's hit and then you're like oh whoa i gotta go and i'm guilty of this so it's a wake-up call to me too 
Well, I feel like I might be offending people. Are you sure you even want to be on this podcast? Yeah, I'm like, I'm I'm okay. I know I'm not perfect. And I think this, I hope this just helps other people be like. It's just be, it's awareness. It's okay to not, like, you cannot do everything right, right? Yeah. That's okay. It's just better. Better is what we aim for. It's not perfection because, like, any one of these things, someone is doing three of them and not doing the other. And that's okay, right? Like, Because yeah. it's just bringing awareness to it. Right. And knowing, like, I hope that I help because I'm willing to admit my faults, right? So yeah. that, that vulnerability helps other people realize that, like, okay, like, Tom doesn't have it figured out, right? But yep. there's... A good talk going on here. Yeah. So I may, as a ranger, I guess I see everything, right? Yeah. Well, you remember. You yes. you were a ranger. Youngest <laughs> ranger in history. Um, <laughs> I like that. That's, good <laughs> That's what we're going to dub you. Um, I'll tell you a story. Okay. Do we have time? Yeah, we've got lots of time. Because this is a game and it's recreational. Yeah. Right? I think that's the important thing. Yeah. So I'm on duty driving around a golf course backwards and I see these two guys sitting in a golf cart and one is drinking beer. The driver is got his face in his phone texting and I sat and I looked at him. I just folded my arms and looked out at them. Yeah. Just didn't say, stare. didn't say cold stare. Didn't say a word. Yeah. Just looked at him. Eventually, the passenger nudges his buddy who's texting and says, what the fuck is that guy looking at? Yeah. Mr. Texter looks up and looks at me, gives me a look. Like, what are you looking at? Yeah. And I said, "Uh, you got to play. You got to play your game. Like, yeah. someone's got to be hitting a ball here. You've been texting. And he says, well, I'm uh, I'm dealing with my son who's sick. Oh. Oh, dear. Yeah. And so I said, well, you know, maybe what you could do is skip this hole. Like, I've, I feel bad that you've got yeah. a sick son. Yeah, obviously. And you got to deal with it, but not right now. Or just don't play this hole and deal with your son and move on. Because it's just a game. It's recreational golf. Yeah. Thanks, Roger. No problem. Oh, thank you. Roger. We got a refill. Our kind host in the evening is dropping off some beverages for us. Adult beverages. Yeah. Okay, so that's become obvious now. Anyways, the guy told me to fuck off. I've had one of those. Uh, this actually leads me into the idea of you know, what is the worst experience we had, but we can stay on this subject for a few seconds longer. Obviously, like, that sucks, right? Like, Mike Tyson said it best. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. And, like, as a ranger, you're just thinking, like, what is this guy dealing with? And then you're like, wow, like, okay, my bad. Like, I shouldn't, like, maybe I should have just encouraged you nicely for a few seconds because I. I don't know what you're dealing with, but in reality, like I don't, I'm, I don't want to get a hundred more of those today, right? 
No. Because like that's what your reality is, is I'm responsible for getting people around this golf course in four hours and 15 minutes so that everyone enjoys their time. And if I don't keep you going, then the next person is going to be like, aren't you doing your job, you jackass? And then like yeah. you just keep going through that. And like I remember my worst experience. There was one guy that he was not having a good round. And I feel bad because I think he paid for three tee times, right? Like three groups. Like it was a whole group thing. And he, I think he was the like the guy and he was just having a bad time. Like, for those that don't know, Los Angeles is not an easy golf course. It's a desert place with some blind shots. And, like, if you're not in the fairway, you're in a cactus. Pretty much, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, like, absolutely. On a lot of holes, there's very minimal rough. And this guy had a rough one, but he was playing in, like, a five-hour and 15-minute round. And I went out there, and he got in my face. And he dropped, like, he told me to fuck off hard. Like, I've never, I thought he was going to hit me. Wow. And my response to it was, like, I'm going to go buy this guy a beer. Because, like, I don't necessarily like to be that, like. No. I'm, I'm more of, like, it's, you can't, the individual can't be put above the group. Right? Like. I'm willing to put the time in on the individual to try and get them up to speed with the group. But, like, I'm not going to let you ruin it for everyone. Yeah. And I felt bad that, like, because he probably, I don't I don't know, maybe he wouldn't be embarrassed. But that's just not how I want to conduct my day. And I'm like, okay, like, I'm not going to let this bother me. I'd like to buy this guy a beer, right? To be like, hey, I'm sorry that, like, your day is cool. going horrible. Yeah. And I've got to be the bad guy to be like, hey... You're slowing it down for 160 other golfers that are behind you, and that's not going to be cool. Right. But I don't know. What's your worst experience rangering? Um, you know, I think that one I just told you were like, yeah, you know, and I really wasn't being a prick. Yeah. I thought I was being pretty reasonable. Yeah. Um, but I don't like being told to fuck off. No. Um... But I, I, I think what we should say is those are so uh, infrequent. Right. Most people, when you talk to them and you say, hey, can you help me out? Yeah. You're falling out a little bit behind. They will say yes. Yeah. Sorry. We had a bad time on the last hole. We'll pick it up. Promise. Yeah. And then that, you come around and they're back. The majority of people yeah. will do that. But there's the odd jerk out there. Yeah. In life, there's the odd jerk out there, not just on golf courses, in work, in life. Totally. So you they're just go there. On Twitter, you know. Yeah. Right? They're there. Yeah. So they're going to be on a golf course too. But for the most part, everybody's good. And I, as I started doing um, this player's assistant ranger role, I found. Um, good methods to deal with stuff. Yeah. So the first year I did it, I would move people because, you know, we warn them right, and just... That's you, the rule. That is the rule. We're going to put you in a position. And then I discovered that there's a there was a better way for me to do it. If they were falling behind, they are going to be falling behind on the first nine. 
Right. They're not going to all of a sudden fall behind on hole 14. Right. If they've been keeping up all the way through. So they're already falling behind in the first nine. Yeah. It's usually those first three holes. You start to identify. You know what's going to be happening. Who's going to be trouble. Yeah. So what I would do is at the turn, I'd say, hey, would you mind skipping hole 10? Because you're behind a hole and a half or two holes or whatever you are. Yeah. Go up to 11. Play uh, 11 through 18. When you're done 18, I'll watch. I'll keep an eye for you. And I'll let you play 10 later. Nice. But right now, I got to get the course flowing. Yeah. So it's a nice way to say people are like, I paid for 18 holes. I want to play 18 holes. You're going to get them. You're going to get them. I agree. You're just going to play 10 later. Yeah. And that way we get the course flowing again. And And I've never had anyone argue that point with me. Yeah. It might be grumpy a little bit. but But in reality, it's like, hey, you can have back-to-back par fives. Right? Nice way to end birdie birdie if you, yeah. right? Like, I think so. Yeah. So you got to be a little creative about how you deal with them and how you move people along. One thing that I like that you did is, like, I've been to a lot of golf courses with rangers that are pretty, and there's a few at Los Angeles. So I'm not going to name names because I love them all. But oh, you don't love them all, trust me. I, well, I don't know if I know them all anymore, to be honest with you. The ones that I do know that I'm thinking okay. of, I'm oh, like, fair I, enough. I enjoy them. Okay, right? okay. They don't do much. Like, they sit in the car and they rip around and they, like, they'll be like, hey, you should pick it up a little bit. But they're like, I'm not, I'm not going to ruffle any feathers here today. Right. You took a nice active approach and you're like, if someone is struggling, I'm going to get out of my cart. I'm going to go hunt their balls down with them. Absolutely. And get them moving. That's what, like, uh, I think that's the key from, like, at least a player's assistant. There's obviously a lot of responsibilities on the player to speed up slow play. But courses that do have a ranger, player's assistant, I think part of it is, like, the best is when people are happy about what you're doing to improve their pace of play. Yeah. And they don't, like, it's not this battle Although sometimes, obviously, because there are bad people that are grumpy and angry about whatever it is, their wife, their job, their friends, whoever it is, right? That they're just, I don't know you, so I'm going to take it out on you. To take that and do a little bit of judo, right? Yep. And transform that energy into like, I'm going to make you enjoy speeding up. And it's going to be by me helping you find your golf ball or... Moving your golf cart around to the back of the green. Or telling you that you're going to skip 10 and come play it again later. And like, yeah, I like that. That's very good. Is there anything we missed here? I'm sure we did. Uh, it's pretty hard to cover everything. I don't. Yeah, we cell probably phones. missed. Oh, uh, we, we talked, talked about, about that. cell phones. Yeah, texting we and talking. We talked about picking the right tees. Picking, yep. Yeah. Simplifying a pre-shot routine. Yep. The awareness. Yep. Good course assistance to help flow the game and speed things up and create that is pretty important. You know, I said this to Rick the other day, jokingly, but maybe I need to think about this seriously. Maybe you and I can partner on this. Starting a ranger school. Wow. That'd be wild. Like, teach these guys yeah. how to do the damn job. That'd be interesting. I wonder what kind of... It'll be online. Demand. So I'd engage yeah. Jackson Labs to help me produce the content. 
and we could sell the, this content to golf courses on how to properly train their player assistants. Did we just come up with an idea? Well, I think you definitely did just come up with an idea, as you normally do, because you're filled with them. <laughs> that is interesting. Yeah, create. That, yeah, that's... That could almost be a division of the Forjack podcast. Yes. Well, you know what? If they can, in Europe, make you take a test yeah. to become a member of a course, why can't we make a retired dude... Or a 27-year-old yeah. young ranger take a test to know that they've got the qualifications to deal with how to move people around a golf course. Yeah, just, like, give them the tools they need to, like, keep it branded. And As a golf course owner, I would want to invest in that. Yeah. Because I would not want to be known as, oh, yeah, I golf at blow, blow, whatever, ABC yeah. Golf Course home of the five-and-a-half-hour round or whatever. Right. Wouldn't you rather be known as, hey, I went to this course, great uh, personalities of the uh, players' assistants. They helped us out, moved us around. Yeah. We played it in four hours and ten minutes. They even had snacks. Yeah, great experience. I know one of the rangers at Los Angeles used to carry around candy. Yeah, the candy man, they called him. <laughs> the candy man. He's gone now. Is he? Okay. Oh, yeah, he left a couple of years ago. I like but that. I take, at Christmas, I take around candy canes. Huh. And I've had people already asking me, when are the candy canes coming out? So I got to get on top of that. Do you go classic candy canes or do you... Classic red and white peppermint candy canes. Okay. None of this fancy stuff. All right, yeah. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. I think simple. that's our philosophy and that's why we get along. Yeah. Like, I'm a simple dude. Huh. I like that. Yeah. Well... I think like, we've pretty much covered it here. I think we have, and I hope it's of some benefit to someone. Yeah, anyone. Just one person is really... One, and then maybe two, and then maybe three, and then four, and then maybe ten, and then a hundred. That's kind of my approach. I like that approach. Yeah, you know what? People, you know, a buddy might just say, Hey, I listened to this podcast talking about pace of play. Yeah. I think I might be guilty of some of this stuff. Yeah. I think I need to become more aware. I'm guilty of this. And you're you're guilty of that. Uh, uh, yeah. And we have to keep each other accountable. Right. And you even admitted it on this podcast. Yeah. It's like, whoops. I don't yeah. know. I sometimes have my nose in my phone when I shouldn't. Yep. So, yeah. Cool. I, I really hope it was helpful. I think it was. I enjoyed be. doing this with you, Tom. I enjoyed it too, brother. Thomas, Mr. Accordingly, friend, brother. Absolutely. From another mother, right? <laughs> Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Friends always. Friends always. Cheers. Cheers. And we hope Cody, I know Cody. He's going to be eagerly awaiting this audio to edit it and get it ready to go live. He's truly sad that he is not here because he's like, Thomas, I love that guy. I love Cody. Like, I told you earlier before we started this. I know. I we just went, like, I get to know, I'm getting to know Cody through this podcast and I really really like that guy yeah. he's great he enjoys you he like, oh cool well you know what codes we're gonna get together in person yeah play golf play golf talk slow play oh i'm moving to palm springs cody come to palm springs we'll play yeah. some golf there talk to your people see if we can find us a tea time right i forget what the golf club is that we want to go to 
but we'll figure that out later. Cool. February, I think. February, I'm moving there. We've been talking about going to the PGA show in Vegas in January. Maybe we... Because you're 1st of February? Yep. Okay, so maybe... I think it's like the last weekend of January is the PGA show. Oh, you can come and help me unpack. We could definitely. <laughs> I'm an experienced mover. I've helped a lot of people move. Chris, I've helped move a couple times. Cool. Um, yeah, I think that would be good. I like it. Until then. Until then. And maybe a couple calls. Now that we have a nice board and the audio, I think we could do... Like, There's something percolating here. Hey, one more thing. Yeah. Chris... If you're listening, I thought we were going to do a uh, pool. Uh, fantasy. Fantasy. What happened to that? I was ready to put my American dollars down. Chris, can you give me a number lower than 20? 19. Lower. 17? Lower. Oh, God, Cody. 15. Bingo. Did you know that the 4Jack podcast has recently been featured number 15 on Feedspot's top 25 golf podcast, Chris? The 4Jack has? Yeah. That's unbelievable. We actually rank higher than David Faraday's podcast, so if you want, like, real golf talk that's going to get you engaged, you should really just be listening to the 4Jack, right? 